Hey, Crime Sad listeners, what is up? Welcome back to another episode. We're your host, Ashley and Ricky, and we're about to dive into a mysterious case of a missing girl that has left the family without answers for years. Though 2020 was a horrible year for the cruise line industry, at its peak, nearly 30 million people a year took a sunny vacation on one of these massive ships. But what you might not know is that since the year 2000, over 350 people have gone missing from cruise ships. Presumably, many people went overboard and were lost in the vast waters, but very few of those cases are ever definitively resolved and even fewer go public. Our case this week investigates the disappearance of Rebecca Corium, the first person to go missing from a Disney cruise line on March 22nd. 2011. Since she vanished, many have tried to piece together what little evidence there was from the scene and the investigation. But with Disney officials refusing to comment, a minimal and insufficient police investigation, and only one short clip of CCTV footage, there is not much to go on. Was Rebecca just the unfortunate victim of a stray wave? Or is there more to this tragic story? Rebecca Corium was born on March 11, 1987 to Mike and Ann Corium in Chester, England. Growing up, she was always adventurous, athletic, and fiercely independent. She loved sports, both playing them and watching them. Most of her hobbies had something to do with fitness. She ran, biked, swam, played basketball, and rode horses. When she wasn't working hard, she enjoyed taking her dog Jessie on long walks, curling up with a good book, and going shopping. Her love for sports led her to getting a degree in sports science from Plymouth University in Exeter. Rebecca, or as she was known to her friends and family, Bex, worked multiple jobs in her spare time. Like other members in her family, she worked at Chester Zoo. Her grandparents loved the zoo and at a time worked there too. And on Bex's breaks, she'd visit the bench on the grounds that had been memorialized for them. She also spent some time working at the Hilton Doubletree Hotel with her sister, Rachel. Because of her outgoing, friendly personality, Rebecca made friends easily and had a wide circle of friends at each of her jobs. While finishing up her degree in sports sciences, Rebecca joined the British Army Cadets. After she graduated, she applied and got a position as a staff volunteer with the cadets. Through that, she participated in camping, maneuver exercises, and other outdoor events. Bex enjoyed the cadets, but eventually went back to school at Liverpool Hope University to get a degree in childhood studies in youth, philosophy, and psychology. After that, she joined Camp America, a U.S.-based program that hires international camp counselors to foster cultural exchange during summer camps for kids. During the four months she worked with Camp America, she was based in Maine, and she called her parents as much as she could, telling them stories about the bears she sometimes would see in the wooded area where she was staying. While this worried her mom, Bex would laugh and say, you just clap and scare them away. As someone with an insatiable appetite for adventure, by 2010, Rebecca Corium was ready for her next move. She decided to go to London to interview with Disney Cruise Line, hoping to land a job that would allow her to continue to work with kids and to travel. 
For those unfamiliar with it, Disney's Cruise Line tries to bring all the magic of Disneyland or Disney World onto a cruise with nightly shows, Disney characters on board, a small water park and pools, nightclubs for the adults, and game rooms for the kids. The Cruise Line is an immersive vacation for any Disney fan. Their various cruise ship travels all over the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans, taking tourists through the Caribbean, Alaska, the British Isles, Northern Europe, and more. Rebecca was one of hundreds who were interviewing for a small number of jobs aboard the Disney ships. With her upbeat, outgoing personality and experience working with kids, she beat the odds and was hired to start in June of 2010. Disney flew her out to Florida to spend four days in Disney World as part of her training before she was sent out on her first cruise. Bex worked on a ship that sailed to the Bahamas. Her ship stopped at different ports in the area, including Castaway Cay on Disney's private island, where the Black Pearl from Pirates of the Caribbean movie was permanently docked. For four months, Rebecca traveled this route and loved it. She returned home to England for a two-month break to relax, visit with friends and family, shop, and of course, work out. After her break, she was assigned to a new ship, the Disney Wonder. The Wonder is a massive 11-deck cruise ship, the second to be commissioned by Disney in 1999. Sponsored by Tinkerbell and Mickey Mouse, Disney Wonder can accommodate 2,400 passengers and has a crew of nearly 1,000 people. It weighed 83,000 tons and was over 500 meters long. Based in Los Angeles, it would sail through the Mexican Riviera and the Panama Canal. Rebecca's job on the ship was to help organize and run children activities. According to friends and family, she loved her job and was excited to explore the world with Disney. In January of 2011, a month or so into her contract with Disney Wonder, Rebecca's grandfather, Thomas Jennings, sadly passed away. Disney gave her a two-week leave so that she could come home for the funeral and grieve with her family. When she said goodbye to her parents at the end of her two weeks to fly back, it was the last time they would ever see her daughter. While aboard Disney Wonder, Rebecca talked to her family most days through Facebook Messenger and Skype calls. On March 21, 2011, Wonder was leaving port for a week-long tour along the coast of Mexico. Rebecca messaged her mother to check in, saying, Hey mom, hope you're okay. I'll call you tomorrow. Miss you. She scribbled a note that said, Ring mom, Friday morning, English time. But when Rebecca never called, her mother began to get worried. By 9 a.m. on March 22nd, the ship was nearing Puerto Vallarta in Cabo San Lucas. But Rebecca still hadn't shown up for her shift, and her friends and the other members of the crew were growing concerned. She wasn't in her room, and no one could find her anywhere else on the ship. The PA system made announcement after announcement for her, but Bex was nowhere to be found. The managers on board the ship turned to the CCTV to look for clues. They could only find one appearance of Rebecca on the footage. At 5.45 a.m., she was in the crew quarters. She's seen picking up on the ship's internal phone, dialing a number, talking for a moment before hanging up, and looking visibly distressed. A young man, presumably a co-worker, comes up to ask if she's okay. She replies, yeah, I'm alright, and he walks away. Rebecca then briefly puts her hands to her face, pushes her hair back out of the way, places her hands in her pockets, and walks away. 
she isn't caught on camera or seen by anyone aboard the Disney Wonder again. With concerning last footage and no one being able to locate her, Disney staff decided to enlist the help of the US Coast Guard and the Mexican Navy, given that they were in between ports. Concerned that she might have fallen overboard, both agencies searched the ocean near where they were when she was last seen, but nothing turned up. Because the ship was at sea when Rebecca went missing, there was difficulty figuring out who the responsibility to investigate belonged to. Though she had left from the US, it was nearly to Mexico, but Rebecca was a British citizen. According to the flag of convenience system that is applied to ships at sea, the jurisdiction for cases like this goes to the country that a ship is registered to. In this case, Wonder's registration was for the Bahamas, so the investigation into Rebecca's disappearance fell to the Royal Bahamas Police Force. They assigned one single detective to the case, one officer to interview nearly 3,000 people on board, search the giant 11-deck boat, and to gather any evidence. During the three days that Paul Roll of the Royal Bahamas Police Force was on ship, he interviewed only six of the 950 employees and none of the passengers before concluding that most likely Rebecca had fallen overboard while swimming in the crew pool on deck five. Before leaving on one of Disney's private jets, he made it clear to Rebecca's parents and pressed that the investigation was over and there were no evidence to suggest foul play. Disney also flew Rebecca's parents from England to meet the boat when it docked in Los Angeles again, three days after their daughter had disappeared. They were assured that during their visit, they would be treated Disney style. While it seemed comforting at the time, the Coriums know now that that meant the whole visit would be very controlled. They would only see what the company wanted them to see. Anne and Mike Corium remember traveling to the boat in a car with blacked out windows and that it was obvious that they didn't want them to leave the hotel alone. Once on board, the Disney officials and the captain of the ship showed them the only CCTV footage of Rebecca the morning she was last seen. The Coriums asked to have a copy of the footage, but they were told no. Disney officials showed them to Rebecca's room to gather her things, the staff quarters where she was last seen, and deck five of the ship. It was their theory, like Paul Rolls, that she was taken overboard on deck five by a large wave. As evidence, they offered a single sandal that supposedly belonged to Rebecca that was found on deck five near the staff swimming pool. Ann and Mike insisted that it wasn't Rebecca's since it wasn't the right size or style, but they were brushed aside as Disney stuck with their original conclusion. Beyond the sandal not being Bex's, Ann and Mike weren't fully convinced that a wave had caught their fit, athletic daughter off guard enough to pull her overboard. Because the deck was by the ship's bridge, they hoped that someone saw what happened that morning. They tried to show Rebecca's photo to anyone they could, but there was a distinct lack of cooperation by those on board. When the boat docked back in LA a few days later, it was ready to set off on its next scheduled cruise. And despite the Corium family's frustration and pushback, Disney considered Rebecca's disappearance a closed case. Disney Wonder held a small memorial ceremony for Rebecca and laid flowers on deck five where she supposedly swept away. And for Disney, that was the end of it. 
Hey guys, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just don't have the time or energy to cook, especially something healthy. And honestly, I don't feel great when I end up eating takeout for almost every meal. This all changed once I found Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It takes literally minutes to prepare and I never have to think twice if the food I'm eating is good for me. Daily Harvest is ready when you are. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it. So you waste less food too. No need to overthink any of your meals for the week with Daily Harvest. Smoothies for breakfast, crisp flatbreads for lunch or dinner, and food that is perfect for cooler weather, like their perfectly roasted harvest bowls and soups. Daily Harvest never uses preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything, including their recently launched almond milk, which is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt. That's it. This is super convenient because I'm always stocked up whenever I need almond milk for my smoothies. Daily Harvest is also committed to minimizing their environmental impact. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% compostable, recyclable, plant-based, and renewable fiber packaging. Get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code CRIMESALAD to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code CRIMESALAD for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. dailyharvest.com. You see CBD everywhere, in grocery stores, in gas stations, in health stores, but how do you know you're actually getting a good, high-quality product? Using CBD regularly is known to help with daily stress, but you have to use a quality product to get quality results. Charlotte's Web hemp extracts are tested 20 plus times from seed to final product. And unlike many companies, Charlotte's Web has their own proprietary hemp genetics. So the end products are consistent, meaning you know what to expect from each product. And they're a mission-driven B Corp, which means they're doing their part to positively impact their employees, communities, and the environment. That's right. Go to charlottesweb.com to get started with the OG CBD brand who kicked off this whole CBD craze and use code crime salad at checkout to save 15% on your order. This code works on all Charlotte's Web CBD products besides bulk bundles. That's crime salad at charlottesweb.com. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's common, even normal, but it's not openly talked about. So going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. It's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of people standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use natural, clinically effective botanicals for better hair growth through whole body health. On top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress response, skin, nails, and libido. Visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back into your hands. When you subscribe, you'll receive monthly delivery so you never miss a dose. Shipping is free and you can pause 
pause or cancel anytime. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Crime Salad to save 20% off your first month subscription. This is their best offer available anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code Crime Salad for hair as strong as you are. Understandably so, Anne and Mike Corium were far from ready to end the investigation into their daughter's disappearance from Disney Wonder. They were frustrated that hardly anyone was interviewed, and those who were, weren't interviewed nearly as thoroughly as they needed to be. Additionally, they struggled to get any official report from the Bahamas police force that might give them some closure. In the years following Bex's disappearance, her family has continued to search for the truth, particularly by putting pressure on Disney to give them the full story and to investigate any leads possible. In 2014, they sued Disney for $75,000 to get more information, but this wasn't about money for them. The dollar amount is the minimum amount that the attorney had to file in order to keep the case going. Their case is in part based on a claim that Disney didn't follow protocol after the disappearance. Mike, Rebecca's father, says that they should have turned the boat around to search for her and that the wrong coordinates were given to the Coast Guard that was charged with searching for her. Additionally, the ship's tracking system was either off or not working the day of the disappearance. The family's lawyer on the suit is Miami-based Jim Walker, who specializes in maritime law. And according to him, it is inconceivable that anyone would vanish from a cruise ship particularly a ship catering to families and children, without circumstances being recorded by closed-circuit television cameras. This is a statement reaffirmed by employees on Wonder. There are hidden cameras that cover nearly every inch of the ship's 11 decks. So how is it that none of them were able to record what happened to Rebecca? Because of Anne and Mike Corium's persistence to figure out what happened to their daughter, others have gotten involved in the investigation. Notably, journalist John Ronson for The Guardian sailed on Disney Wonder in October of 2011, months after Bex's disappearance, to see if anyone on board could offer up more answers and to get a better understanding on the logistics of her really being knocked overboard by a wave. While there, he spoke with many crew members who stated that Disney knows exactly what happened, but that they weren't allowed to talk about it. In fact, one bartender said, I don't know anything about it. It didn't happen. You know, that's the answer that I have to give. In his questioning of crew members who knew Rebecca, only a few dared to make comments. One of them remarked that the phone call Rebecca made that was shown on the CCTV footage of the morning she vanished had to have been recorded. And according to them, everything here is taped and Disney must have the recording. During his investigation, the journalist concluded that outside of a potential murder, his most likely explanation was that Bex may have fallen from deck four where a jogging track was. Like she did when she was younger, Rebecca regularly ran and the rail was lowest in this area. Had she slipped while running, it would definitely be plausible that she had gone overboard. 
But in the CCTV footage, she doesn't look dressed for a run. For Rebecca to have gone overboard on deck five at the staff pool like Disney claimed, she would have had to gone over a very tall wall, which just didn't seem likely unless she climbed up the wall on purpose to attempt suicide. Despite little evidence to support that she was thrown by a wave from deck five, much of the crew he spoke to either repeated this claim that Disney had initially gone with, or they said they couldn't give any more info. After Ronson returned home from his investigation of Disney Wonder, he received a phone call from one of Bex's best friends on board, a woman who he gave the pseudonym Melissa. According to Melissa, she was one of the last people to see Rebecca alive at around 11 p.m. on March 21st. They had finished a shift and Bex was about to head over to the bar for a few drinks, but Melissa didn't end up going. She didn't see her friend again. In her call with the journalist, Melissa shared a few concerning things. The sandals that Disney claimed belonged to Rebecca that were found on deck five, according to Melissa, were definitely not her friends. But Disney officials on board put them in her room before her parents arrived to collect her things. They never asked to confirm if they belonged to who they thought. It was later proven that the shoes belonged to another crewmate, which means nothing placed Bex on deck five the morning that she disappeared. Melissa, though, believes that Bex had gone to deck five to swim since this was one of her favorite places. Knowing that she was such a risk taker, she thinks that Rebecca could have climbed the large wall, not to jump, but to clear her head and imagine being off the ship for a moment. Melissa believes that during that time, she could have accidentally fallen or been taken under by a wave. And rather than admitting that security had missed someone falling overboard, Disney decided to cover it up to protect their brand. Melissa is just one of many who are still trying to make sense of how someone could vanish off such a heavily monitored boat with no one noticing. Despite inconsistencies in evidence, Disney has always stated that it was a wave that must have taken Rebecca from deck five in the early morning on March 22nd. But weather reports from that day do not show any counts of bad weather near the Puerto Vallarta area where they were that morning. And given the six foot walls that surrounded the area on deck five that she would have been in, the wave would have needed to be about 100 feet high to take someone overboard. You would think that other crew members or passengers on the boat would have noticed such a massive wave. Given how infeasible that seems and Disney's lack of cooperation, the Coriums decided to hire Roy Ram, a private investigator who was a former specialist at Scotland Yard. Ram was particularly interested in the CCTV footage that captured Rebecca before she went missing. Ram found that the footage had been cropped to not show the timestamp and location. Although Disney had told the family and investigators that it was shot on deck five, it was actually shot from deck one, not at all close to where she was supposedly taken by the rogue wave. Why would Disney lie about that? 
Ram also focused on figuring out what could have made her seem so distressed that night. The rumor on the ship was that Rebecca was in a turbulent relationship with another woman on board. They were both emotional, passionate people and the relationship was very, very intense. Crew members thought that perhaps things had gone bad and that Bex had committed suicide over it. Six years after her disappearance, Tracy Medley came forward to talk to the press as the woman that was dating Rebecca when she vanished. According to Tracy, on the night that she was last seen, her, Bex, and another male crew member had a threesome. Tracy felt that Bex was jealous and upset after that night, and Bex said that she was going to go out for a walk, and she never came back. Tracy, now married with a child, is one of the people who believes that Bex committed suicide. The parents, Mike and Anne, don't believe that their bright and cheerful daughter would have done anything like this. She had purchased tickets for them to go to Disneyland Paris together and was making plans for her future, which was evidence to them that she was not suicidal. To make this matter more complicated, the private investigator, Roy Ram, found a pair of ripped shorts in Rebecca's collection of things from her cabin. He suggested that this may be a sign that there was a struggle or possible sexual assault prior to her going missing. Could something non-consensual have happened on March 22nd rather than what Tracy had told the press? According to Don Taplin, who joined Disney's security after Rebecca went missing, Disney was changing their ruling from accident to suicide, but continued to brush off more calls for future investigation. In the months following Rebecca's disappearance, the Coriums received an email that there was suspicious activity on Bex's bank account. Either someone was using her credit card or has stolen her identity. A month after that, Rebecca's uncle found that someone had recently, as in after her disappearance, changed Bex's Facebook profile password. To add to this mystery, a year after the disappearance, only one day before the anniversary, Mike received an email that someone believed they spotted Rebecca in Venice. The person said that they had seen Bex's pictures online and were about 85% sure that it was her. This woman was talking with an unknown man and seemed to be happy. The person sending the email didn't know much else and there was little they could do to investigate further. Plus, Rebecca's passport was among the things they received by the family from her cabin. How could a woman vanish from a cruise ship in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and find her way to Venice without her passport? While the Coriums wanted to hold on to hope while their daughter was still alive and happy somewhere, the odds just didn't support it. The Corium family still searches for answers as we pass the 10-year anniversary of Bex's disappearance. Anne and Mike have channeled their grief into fundraising and advocacy for families of people who were lost at sea, particularly those who have vanished from cruise lines. They openly and powerfully have been advocating for better sea safety, but it has remained difficult for them to do so with little closure on what happened to their beloved daughter. By 2017, after suing and public pressure, Disney has made an undisclosed settlement 
settlement with the Corian family and has made no further comments on Bex's disappearance. With so little evidence about what happened to Rebecca, so much apparent secrecy from Disney and the missteps in handling the investigation, it is hard to know for sure what happened. Did she fall overboard? Was she looking to clear her head by climbing the wall on deck five and maybe accidentally fell? Did she slip while she was running? Was it a suicide after a night gone wrong with her partner and another man? Is she still alive somewhere living in secret? Let us know what you guys think. This completes this week's episode of The Missing Case of Rebecca Coriam. We hope you all liked it. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.